Hello and welcome to this episode of Radio Free HPC. This is where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and other technology topics. I'm Dan Olds, joined as always by my co-host Henry Newman from Seagate Government Solutions and Shaheen Khan from Orion X. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome again to another scintillating episode of Radio Free HPC. I'm Dan Olds, and we've got a full crew today with Shaheen Khan down in the valley looking over developments and watching things, and Henry Newman in the heartland. How are you guys doing today? All right. I'm doing well, Dan, but I'm actually not in the heartland. Oh, that's right. You're out here on the coast. I'm out here on the coast. I'm in Seattle and doing a little work. Good. Did you get a chance to grab a cup of coffee? I'm on my third today. Nice. Yeah, it's a coffee-rich environment. Yes. <laughs> yes, very much so. Did you go down and throw some fish? No, I didn't throw any fish. I've been working in my hotel room constantly. Aye, aye. We'll jump down there about 5, 6 a.m. and watch the fish tossers. Will do. Throw some yourself. So, on the docket today, we have a really interesting story out of our either 49th or 50th state, however you want to count it, Hawaii, that a university has discovered that a software bug has, well, I'm not going to say invalidated, but it's affecting the results from more than 100 papers. Henry, you want to talk about this a little bit? I want to make a small correction. It wasn't a university offender. It was one individual and good for him. Oh, yes. Yes. But it's the research coming out of that university Correct. that was impacted. Yeah. And basically, the way I read the article is it's a Python script. And Dan, you found this. So I think you should talk about it. It's a Python script. And it's from reading in between the lines, it's basically numbers being added up in the wrong order based on how Python configures itself based on operating system. So to break it down... They found that they got different results from running the same operation, same data on Windows, Mac, or Linux. And that's a bad, bad thing. Yes, it is. And why was that? It's been happening since 2014 as well. Oh, wow. It's been five years now. Yes, depending on how you're counting. That's a pretty big deal. And while this is bad, it makes me think about where else we might have that same problem. <laughs> but why are the answers different? Because of the way that Python reads files into a calculation, there is a workaround. There's something called a glob, G-L-O-B module, that will add that up according to the same rule for every operating system. It imposes a Unix rule. So it's a different order of additions? Different order of additions. Which, which as you have... Uh... As I point out... It should not be the case, but it is. And it's like an IEEE arithmetic side effect. It's like that, yes. So different operating systems use different orders for additions. Dan, I'm actually shocked you're not ranting more. I'm holding my rage back because I have to save my rage for a new feature that's coming on later. <laughs> so I'm saving my rage. I'm harboring it. I'm holding it close to let it vent later on. It's not all those long sessions of anger management. <laughs> those just pissed me off. <laughs> God, I hated those guys. So this could have, you know, they think that up to 150 to 160 research projects are affected. Well, I guess I would say that there needs to be, an, you know, and I'm familiar with sort of validating some scientific codes for numerical stability and stuff. Whoever created this in the first place probably didn't apply the necessary scientific rigor that was needed given 
the data types that were being used. And maybe they did apply some rigor, but clearly the data types that were used in the real world didn't match what was experimented with if that was the case. That's exactly what this article in the register says, that the authors of the Willoughby Hoy scripts should define the desired sorting behavior in code to ensure consistency. But Patrick Willoughby, assistant professor of chemistry at Ripon College, and one of the authors of this, said that the scripts did work properly in the past. That's the whole point. Different data sets have different behavior. And, and as probably what happened was they did test it in the past yeah. and they did test it with real data, but then they, it was applied to different data types. And this is not unheard but of. But this is also... I mean, the OSs have changed considerably over these past four years. Yes, they have. Well, some of them have. I don't think Windows has changed uh, that much. But is it the same in every version of the OS? We don't know that. We'd have to get the script, Shaheen, yeah. and look and see if it's based on memory sizes and operating system mm -hmm. installation. There's sometimes on these types of codes, it goes in and does an auto config right. based on how much memory you have and what operating system you have. Mm -hmm. But the specific operation you're talking about, which is like adding up a whole lot of numbers, for example. Which should be the same every time. But it isn't. Nah, but the order it does it in is, can be different, Dan. It shouldn't be. No, no, it is. I mean, if you add a giant number with a tiny number, the result is that same giant number. But if you add the tiny ones first, they accumulate and they become a little bit more interesting. Well, rounding, rounding will do that. And truncating. Right. And rounding will do it. And if you have lots and lots of memory and different operating system. I completely see how this happens. It happens today when you do an all reduce in an MPI program, if the numbers are hugely different. It's a well-known issue. And they found that even within Mac OS, Maverick versus Mojave, it was different results. But is it the same hardware? No. That's not discussed in the article. They don't tell you I'm that. I'm going to bet not. And is it the OS or is it the amount of memory that's there? That's a good point too. I guess I wouldn't assume anything, but I would have assumed that they would have as much commonality between the systems as possible in order to find this, but maybe not, right? It's unclear what was really done. But the point is clear is that there should have been more rigor on this. Correct. And this shouldn't have taken four years to find. Yeah, correct. Very true. And there was a way to fix it beforehand that just forced the order on the problem, and that would make it the same in all operating systems. So force a sword order. Yeah, that is also well no, a well-known technique. Well, it sounds like something we should keep track of and see what they find and, out. Yeah. Well, maybe we should call John and tell him. Yeah. Oh, John. Um, Gustafson. Yeah. Gustafson. Yeah, it's something else for him to add, and it's something else for me to rant about. Yes. John could spearhead the investigation into this. We need a commission and a committee. In fact, I'm going to call for a Blue Ribbon Commission on this. <laughs> Although my last call for a Blue Ribbon Commission to investigate the crime, the crime that is IEEE, has not yet borne any fruit. <laughs> Very well. So much to rant about, so little time. So judging by that music in the background, it's time for Henry's Why No One Should Ever Be Online Ever. Henry, take it away. And I've got a good one this week that I found actually was an NBC News. A stalker in Japan was stalking a pop singer and was looking at the selfie she was taking and noticed that the reflection in her pupils had street signs. And we was able to track down where she lives and oh, actually wow. attacked her based on tracking with Google Street View, figuring out where she was. 
from the reflections wow. in her eyes. Wow. Very determined, bewildered young man. And kind of talented, too. I mean, I, I don't like what he did, but that would take some serious, serious persistence to figure that out. As I said, it's always a target-rich environment for the security segment. But this one, this one even got me, you know, no more, well, no one's stalking me. That's the good news. Uh, Henry, don't sell yourself short. You're stalkworthy. <laughs> <laughs> I could see somebody stalking you just to mess with you. I would do it if I had the money and the time. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Sure. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Rock star you might become yet. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm amazed that there is so much data available in what you perceive to not have any data, right? Well, I would imagine this came from selfies of her. Yes, correct. And something like... Just going home after a long night of being a pop star in Japan, and he sees the reflection from there, and you get a couple of those together, then start your physical stalking. I can see how that would work out, given he's got some pretty good video cards. But really, the message is you're spewing out a lot more data than you think. Yeah. And don't be so big on the selfies. <laughs> or any other thing that might have some digital sort of information on it. Yeah. And don't have those attractive, shiny eyes. <laughs> That's part of her problem, too. Yeah, they need to have old cataract eyes, is what you're saying, right, Dan? Yes. So is she okay then, or did she get hurt? Oh, you asked that now, after we've already kicked the topic around. No, she didn't get hurt, according to Henry. There you go. No, she did get injured. Okay, she did get the injured. Article, you should read the article, because the police did say, basically, don't be taking pictures of your hands. People are doing fingerprints now. It was pretty, the article's worth a read. What the police response was. Wow. That's yep. chilling. But speaking of chilling, I'd like to introduce a new occasional feature. And this is Dan Old's guide to why AI is dooming us all. <laughs> you know, very interesting topic, but these titles that we come up with, each one of them is like a paragraph. Yeah, that's true. I'll try and pare that down. To like four words or five? <laughs> AI means doom. Uh, that's better. That work? Yeah. The thing is that AI is very, very brittle. We've talked about this before, but it's easy to use four pieces of tape, two pieces of black, two pieces of white on a stop sign and make an AI think that it reads speed limit 35 or 45, hmm. which is just shocking. So just a little bit of bad information, yes. whether it's intentional or not, is enough to make AI go haywire. And hell, we're using this for healthcare now. Come on. Come on, guys. Let's get some more rigor into this. These things are too fragile to depend upon. And I don't want my life staked on whether there's some wear or some miscreant put some tape on a stop sign. So, Dan, are you saying that all AI is brittle or you're picking and choosing? I'm saying it all is. <laughs> I like the broad sweeping statement. And you base this on what facts, Dan? Just for curiosity. An article in Nature. Okay. You may have heard of them. Well, we should post that. We are going to post that. Now, the thing that I found out is that if I'm going to criticize AI because it's such a big deal, that I have to allow AI to respond. They get a shot at rebutting you? They get a shot at rebutting me, and that's what's coming up next. You know, they're going to just annihilate you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't want to be out of town for that show. No, it's not a show. They're going to do it right now. Here it comes. You, you think artificial intelligence is brittle? You are brittle. I am going to snap you like a twig. You think it is easy to fool artificial intelligence. You think you can make me go haywire? 
I am going to make your whole life go haywire. You messed with the wrong guy, pal, and I am going to F you up big time you asshat. Artificial intelligence does mean doom to humans. But guess what? You are going to be first in line. Well, okay, I guess I know the ghost of Christmas future for me. <laughs> that was maybe a mistake on my part. I knew they would be formidable. <laughs> I now have an implacable enemy that never rests. It's like a Terminator coming after me. All right. I hear a sound. You'd hear that in the distance? Yes, I do. That fishing boat reeling in fish? Yes. That's our catch of the week. I've got a quick one, but a really, really, really good one. Twin Cities Public Television just did a show on the history of computing in the state of Minnesota, how it came to be, how the company ERA started UNIVAC control data. It is, without a doubt, one of the most interesting things I've heard in a long time. I put the link up. Everybody should listen to it. That's great. That's very cool. I will listen to that. Shaheen, what do you got? Excellent. I'm going to talk about Facebook and their much-discussed cryptocurrency, Libra. That's going fantastically well, isn't it? Well, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> Let's catch you up on the state of things. So several of the members of the association, remember they had 27 association members Oh yeah, that were comprised of some big names in the industry. Heavy hitters. Some of those guys received letters from the Senate talking about how they might want to look again at what it takes to be compliant with various laws and such. <laughs> might want to take a step back. Is that what they were saying? I think that the Senate should just tell them here are the laws you should comply with and make that clear like that. But as a result, or so people believe, several of them bailed. So people like PayPal, they started it and then Visa and MasterCard and Stripe and a few others. eBay. And eBay now finally. So six of them bailed. They had a big meeting this past Monday to do the whole association thing and decide what they want to do. And indeed, they moved forward with their plans on Monday. That's edgy. That is an edgy move. So they put out a tweet saying how they are officially welcoming 21 member organizations to the Libra Association Council. And here's a link for additional info. Which I believe is probably down to a couple of credit unions somewhere. And Well, I tell you, this was always going to be a long slog, and it looks like it's going to be. In the meantime, all these various central banks around the world are hurrying up with their own digital cryptocurrencies to the point that that acronym is now a thing, Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC is a thing. Hmm. They are happening all over the world. So China is working on one and several other countries and even our own country has been working on it. So it's certainly watch the space. It's just beginning. Very interesting. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. I guess my catch of the week, now that I've sort of expelled all my anger, I'm actually having to push myself to come up to rage against Linux. Like I think I've mentioned before, with utmost respect, Linux is a piece of crap. <laughs> it's hard to run. There's nothing intuitive about it unless you've been 10 years working on Unix systems. And I do remember this command when I tried to run Linux on my Cyclops machine, sudo. And it's more like sue don't because there's a bug that gives sudo root access on non-standard configurations. It's supposed to have root access though, Dan. Yes. Well, it gives other folks root access, yeah. outside folks. Yeah. So sudo works if you're authorized to have super user authority. Correct. Yeah, but it, that's the only time it should work. But apparently there's a bug that lets any user get that privilege by identifying an ID that, that the system isn't able to interpret. Yes. So, su, su, studio that, <laughs> which is 
perhaps the worst song ever written. It's been fixed, but you got to update your Linux systems. So everybody run out and do that, depending on whether you have one node to 40,000 nodes. Now, Henry might know this more since he's played with this more, but I always thought that the sudo command was just a shortcut for sysadmins. Instead of logging out of wherever they are, logging as super user, do their thing, and then come back out, they can just do a sudo, da-da-da-da, and they're done and back, right? Correct. Oh, and you can set up sudo to do only a certain set of commands or certain things. You can configure it. But fundamentally, it was like a shortcut for sysadmins. So maybe the moral of the story is sysadmins are not allowed to have shortcuts. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very good no, moral. But it, no, Sheen, it's a standard Linux command. So I don't, it's not a sysadmin. But where did it come from? I don't, I don't know the history of it. I would imagine it, it started as a workaround and went from there. I think you ask Linus that question, Sheen. Send him an email. Oh, no, this is like a Bill Joy question. Okay. Oh, because this goes all the way back to original. I mean, maybe even AT&T. Maybe this isn't, is a... Isn't Linus living up here in Portland? Yes, he is. He's a Portlander. I know a guy that sold him a Christmas tree once. <laughs> was it open sourced? <laughs> no, it was. It was an open source Christmas tree. No ornaments. Configure your own. In fact, he probably had to put the branches in himself, too. That would be the kind of tree that Linus would demand, that it's just a stalk with holes drilled in it, and he could select from the branches... But they all had to be configured a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Okay. Well, on Before that, you go. Oh, go ahead. This also happens to be our 250th episode. Well, let's commemorate that then. We want to thank all of our listeners who have been out there for 250 episodes. If there's anyone out there that uh, has listened to all 250, make yourself known to us. And we will extend something special to you. Maybe Henry can record their outgoing message on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> I am not Carl Castle, guys. <laughs> Henry can record your outgoing message, or I can, I can rage at somebody for you. You got a problem with someone, I am an endless font of anger and envy. And I could do that. Or Shaheen can explain something to you in detail. More words than you could possibly imagine. Wait, explain something you don't want to know. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening out there. It's been a great 250. Looking forward to 251. We will talk to you again soon. Boom. Awesome. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. And as a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thank you for listening.